0: Welcome in everyone to the State for Day podcast. I'm your host Lisa Matthews, bringing you all things AZ. And today on the show, we have a valley <laughs> favorite, literally the best beard game out there. I
1: will, that is true.
0: We can get, we'll get into some of the beard game talk um, in this episode. I have a feeling it's going to be all over the place, and I'm here for it. I love it. Archie Riley's here, y'all. Thank you for joining us.
1: <laughs> you got me blushing, so it's well, a good start. I can't start. Even tell because of There's, the There's <laughs> uh, very few times I have a uh, few words to say right then was one of them. You got me blushing. Oh, I'm goodness. excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've, I've known State 48 ever since I've been in the Valley. I've watched uh, them grow along with my career, and so it's cool to be here, see the new digs, and yeah. uh, be in studio with you guys. I
0: know. I feel like when... I left Fox Sports Arizona. I just, I just barely missed you, and you would have been a player that I would have just loved to <laughs> cover. Like your storytelling, the passion that you brought here to the Valley. I mean, and look at him, y'all. He just comes yeah, comfy, no ready judgment. himself. No, no judgment. That's what State 48 is here for. You know, we like to get cozy and have fun. So it's gonna be a good episode. Are you ready to dive in?
1: I am. Let's get going.
0: Well. I'm going to put you on the spot to begin okay. with. It's a quick game, just so we can get to know you a little better. All right. um, And show a little bit of your personality here. So, it's complete the sentence, or fill in the blank. All right. Are you serious? We have a bottle opening Already, in the back Like,
1: we're not even two <laughs> minutes in. Listen,
2: you couldn't even hear it. No one else would have known if you didn't say anything. Oh,
0: my God. We are professionals stay here. Stay
1: hydrated. Okay. We have a lot we're dealing with Like, I background. have a whole
0: Oprah- Card here, so get ready for is that your like cheat
1: sheet, like your test. My questions okay. that I
0: have prepared for you
1: it's with
2: just this. a picture drawn of you
1: <laughs> <on> <laughs> this <mouth>. whole time. <laughs> a card around it. I am
0: not the artistic one, that is Nick. I'm here to make you cry, um, blush a little. And have some, I'm fun. not
1: afraid to cry.
0: <laughs> All right, first question My hidden talent is
1: <laughs> my hidden talent is uh. That's not hidden. I would say my hidden talent's cooking. Okay. Or or preparation. Like uh, you okay. you want your fridge cleaned and stocked the right way? Please. Oh my god. Labels out, all empty bottles, like the other salad dressings yes. into complete salad dressings. Um, okay. Yeah, big like O C D fridge, cabinet, pantry organizer. I, I don't know if that's a talent, but I love that. Yeah, that's a big one. Your of mine. wife
0: must be on like cloud nine, just like she
1: hates it but loves it because like I want to do it on a Saturday when we're supposed to be relaxing. And me I'm like too. tearing the pantry apart. Come on over to my but, house. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like all the mom hacks on Instagram of like totes and organizers. I'm like I get lost in it for hours. I
0: could see that. I mean, you yeah. did walk in with your stand stand cup and the new edition, by the way, forty
1: ounce. 2.0, we're rolling. Yeah,
0: you are more bougie than I am. Like <laughs> I am more very mom bougie. hacks than I probably <laughs> very, have.
1: Very, very bougie. So,
0: do you follow the Instagram accounts of like the organizing?
1: All the org- all the Amazons. Like you know, you need this product. The like the recent ones I was all on was the uh, the Christmas wrapping stuff. There's so many different hacks now for Christmas wrapping. I like, love it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not my wrapping didn't get any better, but just yeah. you know, I'm all about the. Not necessarily the result, but the process. Like I have all my containers and these fit in that and this fits in a bag and it fits on the shelf nice and, and like
0: such a yeah. Yeah. So like your drawers.
2: Your drawers are like a well-organized space, essentially. <laughs> yes.
1: They're they are well organized, but also they get so out of organized because I'm a hoarder as well. Mm. I'm a huge gear okay. guy of yeah. all sorts. Gear yeah. of everything. everything. So yeah,
2: uh, one of our own candies. I know, I was just gonna she drop actually, her. Yeah, she actually has a a side business to where, like, she'll come into your house and organize all of your pantries and cabinets. Well, I would and stuff love like that. to talk so, to her about
1: some of my stuff. Because, you guys need to
0: geek out on this yeah. because we'll it's introduce the
2: whole thing. you after the
1: podcast. I just lose. I don't lose interest. I lose. Um, I, I get to where my I'm done. Like I yeah. I've reached what I'm capable of, <laughs> and I need help advancing and like finishing. You know, like, the garage, per se. Oh, yeah. Because I'll go in and reorganize it three times because I don't know how to finish it and organize it. She got you. Yeah. She right, got you. Sweet. I'm
0: also that person that, like, I have the energy, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my closet. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a pile of clothes, um, like, mid- two hours away. Yeah. Like, I remember this shirt from prom. Like, <laughs> I'm bad. But I love me some organization. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to introduce you to Candace after this. You guys can geek out on all things organizing. Tupperware. That was, like, my... My move for organizing. I don't know what that was, (laughs) Um, but I'm glad you've kept your your slippers.
1: Yeah, the UGGs. um, (laughs) Shout out to UGGs. Tom Brady started it. I remember back in high school, Tom Brady wearing like, um, I want to be gender correct here. I don't know what you would say now, but uh, high top UGGs, which a lot of men at the time were wearing, is very uncommon. But I remember being like, if Tom Brady's wearing those, I'm going to wear I those. So I've been on the UGG train since high school.
0: I love it. So, yeah. They're, they're super comfy. Uh, I the do have best. The high I don't know if
1: it's sheep's wool or lamb's wool or something. whatever it is. It it's is cozy. Confusing.
0: I wear those to school drop-off. I'm that mom that's like, whoa, God bless her. Is your
1: drop-off, like, pretty strict? Like, you have a big, long line. Oh you can't get God, out of it's it.
0: such a process. Like,
1: that's process. what you need to podcast on is, like... Elementary school moms and, like, pickups and, like, the drama There, there. is,
0: yep. Yeah, mm, Just
2: like a like, backseat pod. The
1: PTO. Yeah. Just wait,
0: y'all. The PTO. <laughs> PTO pod and moms and drama.
1: See? Just give me some yeah. credit.
0: I'm already beefing out here and I have a kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Second question. Look at us. I knew it. I knew it was going to go all over the place and I love it. Um, ooh, best movie from the 90s.
1: Uh, best movie from the 90s. I mean, for me, just because we were just talking about The Sandlot. <gasps> um, I think Remember the Titans, that's a 90s movie, that's mm-hmm. up there for me. Um, I could go down some other paths, but yeah, right off the top of my head, The Sandlot.
0: I was thinking about that, and I'm like, wait, you were born in 91. 92. Too. so yeah. you just got like a little taste of the 90s. Yeah,
1: I was, <laughs> you know, but I still, I relate well, like one of my favorite, I'm sorry to get off track again, but my Instagram yes, follows too. is like nineties kids. I okay. follow a bunch of those, and, like, man, the things they post, it just puts me back in McDonald's for my, like, seventh birthday, eating a McDouble, like...
0: Life was good. The best. That's dude. why we were talking about the Sandlot, because there's so many moments that just bring back the memories, the memes, the nostalgia. We talked
1: about it, but I teared up watching it yeah. the other day. I'm 31. I'm getting more comfortable with showing a lot more emotion, and, like, I couldn't even help it. Like, just so many scenes... Um, that just make me think of me being a little kid again, that you just can't help but relate to and just love.
0: Yes. The fireworks scene, 4th <sighs> of July. Full body chills. The best. Yes. Okay. Love that. I agree. I agree on that one. Okay. If I didn't play baseball, I would be...
1: If I didn't play baseball, I would be coaching mm. or some sort of entrepreneur, maybe a sidekick comedian, something in the entertainment. I don't know if I'd be like an influencer like these kids are these days, but it would be something in that realm of speaking on TV. I thought about broadcasting, um, maybe acting. Okay. Um, Something, not saying I could do all these things. I just. um, You want the limelight. In that realm. Yeah. I like, I like, um, I like being in that industry, in that area of speaking on camera, prepping for things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's kind of similar to baseball, but, you know, having, you know, a certain way to go about stuff. But I, I really like the side of cameras and podcasts and, yeah. and that that business. Well,
2: right. we'll make sure to get you a you know cut of this to show to your agent.
1: Yeah, there That's we go. Right. The little, little Rolodex. <laughs> you need to
0: just start your podcast now. Here's all things that you could, like, just start dabbling I've I've thought then about
1: then... it. My only issue, it's kind of a complex, it's just like – Every white guy starting a podcast nowadays. But a with complex. the beard. The beard is elite. Like, that, I, will, I, and I don't. The slippers. People who I'm know me are going to laugh when I say this because <laughs> I don't talk about myself a lot, but the beard is, it's elite. It's. Yeah. Does it have a name? It doesn't have a name. The beard. The beard. I mean, and it's, it's one of those things like, look, my career, um, when I started growing the beard, I had just two years in the big leagues. I was kind of scuffling, like, didn't have like a set spot on the team and like, just being dumb, a couple guys before me, Jerry Arrieta, Dallas Keuchel, wow. um, they had won Cy Youngs, and they had beards. And it was just kind of messing around. I was like, well, I'm going to grow a beard and win a Cy Young. Well, I didn't win a Cy Young, <laughs> but I started to get really good at baseball in the big leagues, and next thing you know, the D-backs made a shirt bringing the beard, and that's the beard just – it stuck. and. It I'm trying to think. I grew it in, I shaved November or December, December, sorry, October 31st, 2016. Okay. So I did no shave November for two, for that November. And I haven't seen my face since then.
0: Wow. I do recall seeing you when you were just a baby face. I'm like, who Man. is that? Now looking look, back,
1: we all go just through the some phases.
0: Oklahoma boy. The pre
1: the pre-beard phase was a face. That's what we'll say, okay? okay? It was a face for the kid. It does bring
0: like almost like Beyonce, you know, just like a ultra ego. I
1: I love that you're putting me in that category. For I don't Beyonce. know if I would consider my glow <laughs> up or, you know, that look as good as Beyonce's ever was, but I appreciate that.
0: I love it. Okay, well one that's of my how questions people
2: talk about it though. It's typically like Beyonce Archie Bradley. Yeah, Archie Bradley. Bradley's, Bradley's, Bradley's beard. Beer like I <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: like I missed my seat at the the yeah. Oscars this or whatever. This is how my you know, brain like. works.
0: Okay, I just go places. Oops, I just hit the mic. I just go places, you gotta roll with it. But my question following up perfectly, look at that. I didn't even prepare much. <laughs> <laughs> because you literally told me you could be in here last night. But best beard in the game besides you. And that's gonna be the
1: baseball game or just athletics or Athletics. Man. There's a lot of great beards out there. I mean, I kind of got to start with the OG. I know he's kind of not falling off in my eyes, but some fans' eyes. But James Harden, I, I mean, say. There's, there's one it's beer. the Valley mm-hmm. favorite. Um, we shared the the Rockets playing for a while when I was with the D-backs, and it was kind of cool. Like, the flight attendants were like, hey, you and James Harden, you sit in the same seat, and you guys both oh, have yeah. big beards. I was like... like me and the beard like the real beard i'm the kind of you know the the redheaded stepchild beard but like um yeah i honestly that's so tough to answer i would that's like a podcast segment where i want to like showcase my mount rushmore beards and then like my honorary mentions because like beards have different categories tell me um
0: i didn't know is that
1: yeah. Like, so you have guys that have beards like, um, like mine, if you're looking at me, you see how high my mm-hmm. cheek beard is. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys don't have that. So a lot of guys, their beard is very, um, contingent on their edge up and like what they're going to do. Are they going to fade it out, bring it right. down? How good your barber is at edging up? Um, and then the undergrowth, some guys choose to have the the neck beard, if you want to call it, or just kind of the jawline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then different facial hairstyles, I still consider beards as well. So I would throw some goatees and some mustaches in that category just because some guys rock it so well.
0: Wow. This is complicated but <laughs> very interesting. I, I mean, did not know.
1: I, I'm ashamed to say that my facial hair uh, routine is way more than I ever intended yeah, for it to be. it's
0: a lot of maintenance, I'm sure. Yeah, How does your wife feel about it?
1: Honestly, she loves it. Yeah. Uh, fun story. I wanted to shave for my wedding, for our wedding. Um, we got married in 2021, and I had planned when the season ended to shave.
0: Wow.
1: Um, for some reason, I'm kind of cheesy with stuff like this sometimes, but everyone has associated the beard and me and baseball, and there hasn't been a separation factor. Mm-hmm. And so in my own head, I was like, well, I want to get married without the beard. Like, I want to marry my wife. Like, ba- the beard is just there's too much. Like, I want it to be so much about our love and our our, <laughs> our day that, like – and my wife was like, No. I was like, wait, what? She's
0: like hard. You're like
1: sensitive over here. She was like, no (laughs) one's gonna recognize you. And like I'm just that's what I love about our relationship. We're very honest and we can we have thick skin. She's like, you're gonna look dumb. (laughs) Like like, no one's gonna know you and you're gonna look dumb up there and I was just like all right, well, if my wife doesn't want me to shave, I'm not shaving. It's and like that's the last time I even turtle thought about without it.
0: without a shell, honestly. Yeah. It's like,
1: she's like,
2: we're going to have all of these photos of us <laughs> on our wedding day and no one's going to know who I married.
1: That's, and, that's and she's like, uh, she's like, maybe if we do an anniversary or like renew our vows, you can do it then. And I was like, no, it's the beard's the beard, it's on now. It's here to we're stay. Here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm honestly so scared of what I look like. Like, <laughs> 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 like, but because like, not that I was just ugly or like, but like I said, the pre-beard arch was a phase. It was a yes. phase I went through. Um, now I just I don't know what these cheeks. I don't know what I don't know what they look like. It <laughs> makes me nervous. I get that. I've only shaved my
2: mustache like once in the last several years, and it was it was weird. I put contacts in that day too, just to like shock no. everybody around me and i was like i i hate this the most
1: it has nothing to do with like the uh, attachment to it either like the status or people recognizing mm-hmm. me it is surely like i'm terrified of what like, i look like no, I yeah get that. i like, won't
0: cut my hair because of it i'm the
1: same way and then i will I say it. on the backside of my career it is a big influence on people recognizing me and me staying relevant in off the field activities okay. and so i will say for that reason that's part of the reason it's going to stay as well
0: Wow. Well, let's talk about (laughs) clean-faced, little, innocent Archie Bradley from Oklahoma (laughs) Mm. and your journey to the big leagues. I love your Instagram description. It's like, Oaky kid with big league dreams. Did I do it right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: something like that. Chasing in one one pitch at a time.
0: Yes. So let's talk about him. Um, I was reading up on some articles of your mom was a principal.
1: Yeah. rough days so kid it needed it though
0: sounded like you needed that structure though because yeah. you had it wouldn't surprise you but noted that you had tons of energy so, so who is that kid
1: um put it this way we'll start out uh in the best way my parents are the best my mom and dad the reason i'm the man i am i um, the husband i am everything is my mom and dad with that being said and i'll Make sure I protect my mom. My mom whooped my ass growing yeah, up. That's, that's called which panicking. I think there's a little bit of lack of in yeah. in today's world. But um, yeah, blue collar kid. My mom was a, a school principal. My dad had a lawn business. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom being my principal was the greatest thing in the world for me the discipline and structure and path she showed me on how to work hard Um, because we didn't grow up I mean I would say we grew up middle class maybe below middle class never like in poverty or poor but there was you know there was days we ate off-brand cereal you know like people would ask why our cabinets had yellow boxes and stuff and um, we were cheap my dad was cheap we went out to eat you drank water you did not order a soda or a pop. Like my dad wasn't spending a dollar fifty on a drink, and I would get such secondhand embarrassment. My friends would come eat because they would be like, oh, "I'll have a Dr Pepper," and my dad would be like, "No, nah, he's drinking water." And I'm like, "Dad, let him have a Dr Pepper." Um, but my mom made it very clear that with her as my principal, and very clear growing up that we were going to do things one way, and that was my mom's way. We were going to be respectful. We were going to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Um, a saying that still sits me up straight in my seat is. I need to hear two words, and that's yes, ma'am. Mm. If you hear that, those two words are yes, ma'am. My mom needs to hear yes, ma'am, and that is it. And that's just kind of like a foundation of what I was built on. Um, you look people in the eyes, you shake their hands, you open the door for people. Um, the way they prepared me for life, not just this, ba- I mean, the baseball life and like what I've gone through, it's incredible what they did, but just the way I view the world, the way I view people, um, I'm not saying I'm perfect or I've got everything figured out, but I'm able to wake up every day with the solid head on my shoulders and attack the day with knowing that I can take care of myself, and I will never be able to tell my parents how much that means to me. We're yeah. crying already <laughs>
0: <laughs> as a mother here.
1: But yeah, getting getting more into it, um, my mom was a hard-nosed woman. Um, before she met my dad, she raised my other three siblings on her own for about five or six years, mm-hmm. um, worked two jobs, something I'll never understand or be able to relate to but um i went to school with my mom like when i when she was our principal i went in with her at 6 7 a.m i helped clean bathrooms at the school tidy up her office and then you did not get in trouble at school if you're archie bradley because you got in trouble by your mom and then she'd shut the door and you got or you got in trouble by your principal And then she'd ask the secretary to leave and you got in trouble by mom.
0: I was going to ask, like in class, they're like, we're sending you to the principal's office. It's like the fear times 10 because it's just not the principal. Fear isn't (laughs) even,
1: it's not even fear. It's a, um, I knew where the line was. Mm -hmm. So I knew when I stepped over the line, there was no questions about the punishment I was going to receive. It was tears of how, how far I'd stepped over that line. So for example, I think it's hilarious now, but terrifying in fourth grade, um, teacher sends me to the principal's office. Um, at the time, my mom was allowed to spank me and other students, which is crazy to think about now. Wow. She could spank other kids. Obviously, they had to get permission, but my mom could. There was a school paddle at Tony Getz <laughs> Elementary School. So the secretary would be in there to be the monitor to make sure my mom didn't swat a kid or me too hard. And she would play it up so well. To, oh, Archie, blah, blah, blah. Spank, spank. All right, ma'am, I need to have a word with my son. She would leave, put the school paddle up, pull out this homemade paddle that my dad made, basically a two by four with (laughs) holes drilled in it for like to reduce the wind and stuff. And she would wear my butt out in her office. And no hesitation, grab me by my arm, look at me, do you understand what you did? Are you sorry, you're gonna do it again? No ma'am, yes ma'am, 100%. Fourth grade, Archie, big, bad, think I'm a, you know, a couple years away from being a teenager, but think I'm cool, pushes me back into the classroom, still wiping tears out of my eyes oh my but I, I look at that and just i did i like to push the limits as you can tell i can talk i'm loud um and if it wasn't for my mom not only that not only disciplining me the way she did but uh really making me understand why mm-hmm. um i could go on and on about stories she suspended me in school suspension saturday detention um <laughs> she's a- She's the you go on and on. I mean, some of it's for bad stuff. I did. I skipped class one time. Well, a couple times I got in a couple fights. Um, but bouncing around, not bouncing around, but a little more of my dynamic. If I ever got in trouble at school, like I got suspended probably two or three times. I went and worked for my dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't go home, watch movies. I had a weed ear in my hand. I had a mower. I was cutting bushes, hanging Christmas lights. Wow. Um, very much working-class family, and if if you did something wrong, you were not only punishment by, like, either grounding or swatting, but you went and worked and you worked off – the things you did wrong wow see
0: i feel like that's what's missing these man days. it's like a good we could
1: talk about that for hours
0: another podcast. i mean yes. i feel like i'm in a mom podcast with you you're stanley here your slippers like i i did not dress prepared for today my school drop-off attire yes i should some, some reality
1: tv i'm here to talk about parenting now you just opened up
0: all the things for me in general with social media Kids have it so much harder, too, oh, just man. being... Oh, man. Like, you
1: want to like, talk about, like, I mean, my sister, both of my older sisters and my brother, they all have kids that are in this, like, I think social media is the, like, I hope in the next couple of years there's some serious reform mm. to social media and, like... I just, you're exposed to so much at such a young age. It's insane. It is. Social media for me, or I graduated high school in 11. Like, that's right Mm -hmm. when Twitter took off. Like, you look at the Twitter timeline, that's when Twitter, like, blew up. Like, before then, we had... Um, MySpace, Tom. Tom. Where? What are Tom right Where's, now? Like, dude, I
0: literally just said this last episode. Did Tom
1: have the most friends in the world? By the way, Tom
0: talked to me once. Did he no, ever talk to you? Uh, I messaged him. It
1: was the automated Tom. It no, wasn't, it was Tom. It wasn't. He was out there Tom.
0: working. He was out. There, he knew. For was, those of you that don't know
1: Tom, I feel bad for you. Yeah, Hopefully, like, Tom, was just like, you know what, I'm out. Tom Deuses had the says, ultimate plan. Money, out. He blew up and then sold everything before he got exposed yeah. and like had to be like, you know, look what Zuckerberg's having to deal with now. Like oh, Tom's sure. on an island somewhere chilling. Tom is dude. unplugged. <laughs> like chilling. He's
0: unplugged right now. Like <laughs> screw social media. I did what I had to do and now I'm out.
1: But think about it. When we were growing up, mm-hmm. even at the peak of it, like you, you, you knew of something that happened on the other side of town. You didn't know about something that happened right. on the other side of the country or the other side of the state or the mm-hmm. other, you know, like now if you're not 12 years old with an, a dance or a, a meme or a following, like what are you doing? Yeah. And it's just, I just, tough time to be a kid right now, man.
0: Yeah, I do partake in the, the dances though. Oh, I'm not
1: saying they're bad. I'm no, just saying. I
0: think for me it's, you have to, when people say, you know, the internet's toxic place. Our Instagram. I have to unplug. And I always ask, "Well, what are you following?" Because you still have control, as much as you feel out of control. And yes, they're literally listening to us right now, <laughs> and we're gonna get a million Stanley Cup. I hope and we unk. do. <laughs> l- we're gonna get a million. Give them to me. Well, I'm gonna get duped again, and we'll talk about that. But <laughs> you know, it's I, my question was always like, "Hey, what are you?" ingesting because it's still your call you yes. still have that control unfollow people who don't make yep. you feel good if you you know what I mean
1: so that's that's what I would say is because um, I was actually gonna play the other side of what I just said at the same time like right now if you're gonna look up a recipe or information or something how are you finding it yeah through social TikToks, media, through yeah. Instagram, through TikTok. I mean, I have a million recipes and things saved. And whether it be a, a, a math conversion or something that I'm not in my head capable of doing, I have a video for it. I have a, a cheat, a hack. When are,
0: when are you doing math conversions? Um,
1: I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, I was trying to prove a make a, a, an example. The square
0: root of... Um, <laughs> no, I get you a thousand percent, yeah. But, but
2: all, all the information is at your fingertips at all times if you if you actually want it. And I think that's what's that's so, so amazing but at the same time it's terrifying because mm-hmm. you then it comes down to like trusted sources and yeah. all of these other aspects of things that are so much harder to actually dictate and, and pull from is that you is this the right oh, thing you know me. when it, when it's simple things like a recipe like cool I don't care who I don't even care who's teaching me this thing yes. about the recipe you know what i mean just i, I just want the recipe but then it is like other information it's just like oh okay I just think
1: like in this uh, communicating social world that such like kids you know 12 posting pictures on Instagram like mm, there's just so many things that can happen and so many, you know, all of us, I think back to like a part of, I'm about to quote a social media video, but there's this guy I follow who like posts like me in my room after my mom grounds me and he's like flipping off the door a million times. And like, you know, like the shit we would do, we're like,
0: (laughs) pack your bag, but like, that's what
1: we did. We didn't have a relief where like, I went and posted, I hate my mom on the internet Uh and I can go on some blog and chat and see what someone else says. Well, this is what I do. And I hate my mom. I, you know, and it's like, dude, I just, That's like, true. freaked out in my room and, like, cried a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: especially you as a principal's like, child. <laughs> you would have put on blast tough, all the things.
1: Tough days, man. Well,
0: I wonder, too, with your trajectory, right? And so if you came into the bigs, well, you started in 2015. But nonetheless, your, your incline, like, playing, um, seeing, you know, messages come in or tweets and things like that. Like, how much did you have to censor yourself and like what you would intake as you know and continue to as a professional well
1: that's what I mean like a lot of people I'm not gonna say are dishonest but to be honest man it's tough I mean I'm 31 now, and it's, I mean, now I can take whatever. I mean, do I still think it's stupid? And some stuff I'm like, why would you even type that out to me? Like, what makes you think it's okay to type that you hope I break my arm or die before a game? Like, that, and like, you know, wild, wild, right? And, but like, when you're 18, which is still you would think, not to boast or brag, but 18, first rounder, five million bucks in my pocket, like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Hey. You know, we're that in the studio. That was supposed to
0: be your uh, walk-up yeah, song?
2: <laughs> Apologies for uh, Sonos.
1: Watch your ears if you have this turned up. Um, what was I saying?
2: Um, 18 years old, yes. $5 million yeah, in you your You know pocket, like what, what
1: could go wrong? And you go out and you give up eight runs in South Bend, Indiana, in low A, and you're literally having people message you, like, you're never going to make it. You're you're a lost cause. Why'd we draft you? And, like, immediately, yeah, you're like, oh, my God. Like, sure. you are you know, but – and it's funny because I look back at myself and I laugh that, like, I even entertain those thoughts or listen to them. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. I, didn't, I hadn't gone through some of the things in life that you need to go through to understand the irrelevance of – What we now call trolls you know or keyboard warriors or you know the the no profile pictures but getting back to it when you're 11 12 13 these huge years in your life where you're developing and becoming you know, making major life decisions, you have all this social media influence. And it's just, it's a scary time, man. It
0: is. It really is. You coming up, I know you are a two-sport. He is an athlete.
1: Elite 11 quarterback, y'all. Whoa,
0: he stole what I was going to say here, (laughs) but he was a
1: quarterback.
0: And choosing between the two, I'm sure, do you ever wrestle with, like, the what-ifs or what-if I would have?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, um... Strictly from a curiosity standpoint of talent, like was I going to be good enough to play in college or the NFL? Like I know I had a scholarship, but would I have started at OU? Mm -hmm. You know, I look at that line. um, You're getting a little glimpse inside my head because I love football. Like I love football. But, yeah, I I sign – When I was going to go to OU, it was um, Trevor Knight and Blake Bell were splitting time at OU and loved both those guys. They went on and had great college careers. Blake Bell still doing the NFL, but I would have beat both those guys out my freshman year, no doubt about it. I would have been a starter my redshirt freshman year at OU. and. Um, I mean, who knows where I'm sitting if that happens. That's- I look at some of the guys in my class. Um, this is a joke, obviously, but, like, Johnny Manziel, Marcus Mariota, they both won Heismans. I was ranked above both those guys, so I would have won a Heisman maybe. You know, wow. like, that's yeah. that's fair logic, that's, right? Yeah,
0: that's what you're, like, computing. But then, you
1: know, I see some of these guys, like, Mariota still backing up in the NFL, Jeff Driscoll. Um, I can kind of – Jared Goff. These are all guys, like, in and around my class that, like – I still keep up with. I still talk to. Um, I still like. You know. I still have eligibility, so I still think about going back and playing. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna go back. do it. Like um, a true
0: pocket passer at this point, because oh,
1: strictly be. <laughs> pocket. Like these like, new rules to protect movie. quarterbacks. Like that's why I can't go to college. I need all these rules in the NFL to help protect Feet QBs. Planted like
0: planted because he's done
1: this like quarterback around. lifestyle is kind of like the way I am. My yeah. like QB one, and so I just always wonder if I could have done it, that's what I wonder about. Not like if I'd have made it or like money or anything about like, could, was I talented enough to play football at the next level? So
0: at the time, what was the thought process? Obviously when they're throwing
1: honestly, super, at you. Super naive and super, I wouldn't even say immature. I would say on par for what information was available at the time. If you, I feel like you give that kid, you give this situation to me now with NIL and how much more information is available. I have a lot different mindset about it at the time dude i was still trying to go play football and like my dad is like absolutely not like Mm -hmm. funny story before i had to make the decision we're negotiating my salary with the diamondbacks and um at one point we turned down 4.5 million dollars and my dad absolutely was like what the fuck like what, like talking to my agent, like, Hey, what, what, excuse me, we just turned down for, like, yeah. I can mow a million lawns and not make what we just turned down. Can like
0: order soda at the restaurant yeah, now.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes. Archie. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, but think about it. I mean, I get it. Like now, like you yeah. said, being my age, like we came from. Very working standards and all of a sudden your son has a chance to make millions of dollars because he can throw a baseball and we just turned down four and a half million dollars so he made it very clear he's like hey (laughs) my son's not going to college and we're signing and he better not sign for anything less than what we just turned down couple hours later we signed for five million bucks but even even then it still wasn't in my head like what that meant yeah. not not from a fame and like oh I'm a millionaire but what that meant for the rest of my life like even now I'm still living and using that money that I signed for at 18 years old like I can't wow. I can't even begin to explain like I, I know it's easy like well yeah you became a millionaire but what the trajectory that set my life on whether I'd have made the big leagues or not the leg up it gave me in life um in that moment but I was I was I wanted to go play football at OU so bad I was a sooner I wanted to go play for Bob Stoops Josh Heupel I wanted to like I was boomer sooner man I I wanted to go play football um and I just wasn't mature enough to understand how big of a decision I was making at the time how old were you I was 18
2: years old it's a big decision at
1: 18 and it, it happened fast man like same thing it's not like today where you know when you're 12 that you are the 10th ranked pitcher in your class and then when you're 13 you've moved up like yeah. my senior year was like hey archie you're gonna be a top 10 rounder which was cool like awesome man i'm gonna get drafted like that was i've already committed to play football and baseball i'm gonna be drafted out of high school like this mm-hmm. is incredible and then, like, midway through my senior year, it was I was throwing 100. It was stupid. I don't know what happened. And my agent's like, hey, you're going to be a top 10 pick. He's like, Same. you're going to make a million dollars in the next two weeks. And it was like, you know, it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. Like, kids now have a lot better idea. And the reality is you see it a lot more. You see these kids drafted, and you see them post on Instagram, and two years later they're in the big leagues. We didn't see that. You know, it was – we were behind that. It was, it was like, Oh crap, I'm going to play D one football and baseball. That's incredible. Like getting drafted and like all this stuff, it wasn't as relevant or showcased as it is now.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. Like big life decisions made at such a young age and (sighs) it completely, you know, changes the trajectory. I mean, what here in Arizona, what have we heard the past few years since Kyler Murray came here, it's like, oh, is he going back to baseball, football, baseball? It's like that conversation, and it's like, well, give him the liberty and, and time at the same time to develop, well, in a sense, and figure it out. Did you ever have conversations with him? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it also, too, it gives me, like, it goes back to what we were talking about with making decisions at a young age and mm-hmm. the trouble you get into or things you should and shouldn't do. And, like, people always ask me, like, he kind of asked me earlier, like, what would I be doing I wasn't playing sports and I think back about that and like having to make that decision at 18 is like such a crazy thought um
2: you still hadn't done so much
1: yeah like Like so much and uh, like even just like you know I'm not entirely sure how the college system works I am so wet and didn't go and you know like um like it's how do you make that decision and stick with it? Like, I get why people change majors or what was relevant when you started two years in is now not. Yeah. Um, that's
2: my biggest thing. I always talk to people about, like I'm personally, you know, college dropout and things worked out here for yeah. sure. But like, that's so young to decide what you want to so do for young, the rest man. of your life. Yeah. You know, I think an athlete's decision is a little different yeah, than like, some others than like a college major Well, and stuff that's like where that, but it's still a lot.
1: I, I mean, it taught me so much, but even like, I've gotten better about trying to say less because, like, I look at the way my words come out sometimes. Dude, you're a millionaire athlete. It's easy for you to give advice. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell myself sometimes because I didn't have to make these decisions. I didn't have to... I know I grinded and made sacrifices in my own way, but I also did it with a big bank account behind me. Mm -hmm. And, like, not saying money is everything, but I do want... I do understand what it means to be financially secure and not worry about where your next paycheck's coming, or if you found your niche in life or your calling. Your I was kind of just blessed. I've worked hard, but I'm very careful when I give advice now or say things because I'm very much aware of the perception or like how it can come out from my 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 standpoint.
0: So I'm curious. When you were growing up, when you were a little kid, like when people would ask you, "Oh, what do you want to do? Who do you want to?" What
1: do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what would you say? Um, I always wanted to be an astronaut. I'm obsessed with space.
0: I, wanna I was go. not expecting No, that. you probably
1: weren't. I want to go outside the Earth's atmosphere so bad.
0: Oh, my like, God. Like, the whole space. opportunity.
2: I know, but,
1: you know. That we can have, still happen. Yeah, here's it the still thing, happen.
2: I, I do have one question before yes. we move on from the football thing real quick, is that would the beard fit in the helmet?
1: I mean, I know if... Oh, know yeah, Ryan, you've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick but... It's my doppelganger. It really yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm looking at him right now. question,
1: I thought about He's got about some it. swag. He's he's, awesome. he's the man. But then
2: are you just following him?
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. I would probably... I would pro- I, he doesn't have the earrings, though. Okay. Like, um And... You can show – I guess you can. You can showcase a little more of your style in football yeah. yeah. Um, than as a pitcher. Like, we'll get into – that's I mean, another you segment. showcase
0: yeah, a lot. Yeah, but it's
1: tough. Okay. It's tough. I don't, I'm don't. i so jealous of
2: position players,
1: we're man. We're
0: going to get – okay.
1: So,
2: but does the – okay, secondary question. Does the beard fit inside an astronaut helmet? I don't know. I don't know. what. I don't know, but to. I would
1: shave it in a heartbeat for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's no <laughs> <you> question. <laughs> if you tell me I'm going to space, we're –
0: Marriage, yep, space, gone. Gone.
1: We're gone. We're <laughs> gone.
0: Well, it just took me back when you said that because, you know, most little kids, like I'm experienced with my, you know, sons. It's like, oh, I want to be a football player. Oh, I want to be a baseball player. So you actually um, getting to that level, being drafted, like your life just turning upside down um, in a whirlwind, It did it feel like a dream come true? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I mean... You know, I'll talk about it from a way some people are scared to talk about it. I mean, yeah, all of a sudden, I've got millions of dollars. I bought a Range Rover. I bought wa- – <laughs> you guys will love this. This is my – Tell me all
0: the money stores <laughs> so- because
1: <laughs> – Granted, this is a great thing to talk about. Talking yeah. about my parents, the first thing we did was we hired a financial group. We yeah. hired a, a financial. Love it. Um, I think that should be stated first. Uh, anyone, my heart
0: was beating when you. Yeah, like. no, um,
1: and got, again, my parents are smart enough to know that they're not smart enough to handle that type of money. Um, I interviewed numerous groups, um, settled with the group that we thought best fit my plan, the way we wanted to invest my money. Um, but that's part of this story, so. Hired this financial company to watch over my money. Um, <clears throat> I'm out here in Arizona, my best friend committed to play baseball at Arizona State. So I've got a buddy out here. So Who is that? Um, his name's Dylan Delso. He's a firefighter back in Broken Arrow now. Um, but my financial agent calls me, he goes, hey, your, your bonus check cleared, which was 3 million bucks. Huh? So I'm sitting there at 18, like, let's go, baby. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so I get I get my Amex and I call my buddy and I'm like, hey, let's go, we're going to Fashion Square. I'm going to go ball out at fashion (laughs) square. And again, I've never spent money. I've never had money. So like I bought, I remember going to buckle and I bought like two pair of rock revival jeans like Two pairs of Converse, couple Affliction shirts. Affliction was still Whoa. big time, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you miss the Affliction craze, like I feel bad for There's you. There's
0: people have no idea. <laughs> the Ed
1: Hardy like Affliction. The image that just,
0: like, Here's the thing.
2: <laughs> I do not agree with you very strongly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need photos. It we was need a pictures. Phase. Oh, I, I
2: can w- find them. It was one of my least favorite uh, phases of the generation. Yeah, personally, like, I never, I'm
1: getting really hot even thinking about it. I never bought in it. on
2: it, but I understand that if you wore it, you yeah, you were in it. it. You were, I mean, you loved
1: it. You did not walk down the halls of Broken Arrow without a Ned Hardy or Affliction shirt on, or Rock Revivals. Like it was not happening.
2: So you like True Religion jeans and shit. Uh, true Religion, uh, that's the other yeah. brand. Yes, um, nah, not me. So buy the
1: jeans, and my buddy's with me. I bought him some stuff, and then I remember very specifically going to Oakley, and Oakley had these two watches in the cases, and like, dude, I'm balling. I'm like, hey, give me two of them, oh my God. two of them. Me and my buddy put them on our wrist. Give the guy my card it's like sir it's been declined and not in a like pretentious rude like oh no way i'm just like sir can you run it again please like i don't think that's possible because in my head i'm like dude there's three million dollars on that bitch like <laughs> there's no way that this is getting declined already he swipes in. he's like sir it's been declined um two seconds later my phone rings. i look down it's my financial guy
0: he's like you could
1: he's like have you already spent twenty five hundred dollars at fashion square mall and i'm like uh yeah, he's like, did you just try to purchase two watches for like twenty two hundred dollars? I was like, yeah. He's like, you've already exceeded your spending limit in like the first Good five minutes. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I got to spend some of my money, like, you know, relatively not yeah. a lot for how much I was making at the time. I got to have some fun with it. But yeah, I mean, real quickly, I went from under my parents' roof, um, asking them for money to like. It's Serious cash, you yes. know what I mean, and
0: that's how people get in trouble.
1: They do, and oh man, hear like, all the time. Even, the time. even still, I look back at some of the stuff I've spent money on or done, and it's just stupid. And some of it's like because you're influenced by teammates or you're influenced mm-hmm. where you're at, maybe you're in Old Town one night, you know, things happen. Um, but, yeah. I've, I, again, I go back to talking about my parents and, like, that structure and, like, my financial people and my agent. And I just truly, like, the biggest thing about an athlete or any successful athlete, the background behind them mm-hmm. is people don't understand. My wife, my agent, my parents. But athletes aren't successful without a good background. And mm-hmm. I would say they're probably more up front in my world than they are in the background. But to everyone else, they're in the background. But, like, my team behind me is so solid.
0: Gosh. I mean I'm my my mind's going everywhere because I had my good friend on the show, former NFL player, but now he's in like the financial space sector. Um and he's Devon? Devon. He yeah, cannot, Devon, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean his mind is so he's always I just like did that. you
1: see his post today? Yes. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, where you incredible. like he like
0: broke down okay, so you make, you know, $2 million, you find, you sign your first contract, you, you buy a car, and then you buy your mom a car. And you're and averaging
1: 200 k spending a year. Like, yeah. And that's also the thing. I mean, like, uh, this last couple of years have been a big change for me. You know, I've had some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been down in the minors. Your salary changes a lot yeah. when you're a minor league player. So you do, you start, not that I viewed things um, immaturely before, but you get older, you get married, yeah. you start to have this vision for your life, you think about having kids, you go from making a million dollars a year to two hundred thousand dollars a year it's eight hundred thousand or you know 1.8 million dollar difference like you better have some life and so you know just even in that I love um I've gotten a lot better about that of the last couple years and I love Devon and like um yeah man if you don't have that that backdrop or that help or someone in your corner man that's where you see these horror stories of guys spending money guys going broke I mean it's It's sad and crazy to think about, but I can easily, easily see how it happens.
0: Oh, absolutely. My time in the NFL, not as a player, but (laughs) working,
1: yeah. NFLs, I feel like a lot worse, too, with, like, keeping up with the Joneses, you know what I mean? Like, it's very influential with, like, well, my teammates do this and have this, so I'm going to do it, because I've even caught up and done some of that, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the stuff, shoes and watches and things that you, you just, you're around guys that, that have it, but you should have, man, some guys are in just different classes. Mm-hmm. You can't compete okay. and you're never going to compete. Money's relative. It's all, it's all, it's all your vision, your yeah. mindset. That's a way deeper subject.
0: Gosh, <laughs> this podcast can be about three hours long. i telling Where you, we, we can talk there? over here. We haven't even gotten into the deep I, I mean, know. the passion, the energy, um, that you brought here is just, you can't forget it. It's, this is a place I would you call it home. You still call it home? Yeah,
1: it's yeah. a it's a it's a part of home. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I look, like I said, you know, you don't. I never picked to live here. I never picked to live in Oklahoma. But there's two places I'll forever be, and that's Tulsa and Scottsdale, mm. Scottsdale, Phoenix. Um, it's funny, man. Even just driving over here, you think about some of the questions you're going to get a- asked, and um, you just start to drift down memory lane. And like, I think the thing I take away most from here, and why I'm so connected to here, is. I I committed to this place early. I mean, we sucked oh. when I got drafted here. Oh, Everyone sucked. <laughs> yeah. The Sun sucked. The Cardinals sucked. Coyotes sucked.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but seriously, being I'm a still,
1: Valley yeah. sports fan was it's tough. Look at someone yeah. born and
0: raised here. You
1: know, yeah. I've and been through it. We've all. Then had. you know, I like I said, I I start to develop out here. I make the the big leagues. I look at um, the dynamic. I start to understand things a little different. Like this isn't your average sports city. Like football's an hour away, you know, basketball's here, the hockey's an hour away. It's mm-hmm. not like Philly or some of these other places where it's everything's just, all, just yeah. right there. Like, and then, you know, Phoenix, most of the teams are young. No one grew up a D-backs fan, even sons. Like everyone's a transplant. No one grew up in the Valley. There's a lot of things that work against Valley sports. And I, I loved it. I loved, I, I loved it, but I hated it. But that's what started my love for it is I remember coming out for a game against the Dodgers and mm-hmm it's all blue. And it just, it fucking pissed me off just because I, I'm somewhat old school where I believe in like having a home crowd and like what that means and like rooting for players. And, and it just bugged me so bad and it wasn't, it's not Diamondbacks fans fault. Like that's the, I think the, the biggest thing to hurt is like when we talk about it, we're not talking trash on, Arizona fans or Diamondbacks fans or Suns fans. We're talking about people who live in Arizona who aren't fans of their hometown team. Can't stand team.
0: them. I can't trust those and
1: people. And I, I get it. You grew up in Cali, grew up elsewhere. You live here parents, now. Or your parents grew up something. Yes, yeah, you know so I, I mean? understand it. But for me, that's our issue. And mm-hmm. I think it, it gets tough. Like I heard Grayson Allen the Other night, like talking about, I wish the crowd worked with us more, and like, mm-hmm. I get what he's trying to say. Yeah. It probably didn't come out the best way, but I understand what he's trying to say because it's like, man, our fans are so great, it's just we're still growing. Like, I'm older than the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like, too. I always <laughs> like when you say that out loud, that's crazy to think no, about. It's true, it's very like, true. Like, I'm older than the Diamondbacks, yeah. So, like,
2: I watched the Diamondbacks and the Coyotes <clears throat> come to the city, yes. Yeah, so, I'm 35. For so. me,
1: like, I don't know, I just recognized that, and I, I found. And I was lucky, man. Some of it's, like, I'll be honest, like, I haven't said this, but some of it's, like, is selfish. Like, part of my rise to that was we had Paul Goldschmidt, we had Zach Grinke, and these guys didn't, not in a bad way, but they didn't want to do community stuff. They had made their big money. They didn't want to do these little deals or TV right. commercials. One, I did it because, one, I thought it was cool. I'm on TV. I'm getting more popular. But, two, I, I saw. um yeah, like, well, a guy, Alex Guerrero, my, my marketing agent who got me on here, um, meeting him was influential in this process. I can't talk about my time or my love and passion for Arizona without bringing up Alex because um, he introduced to me the relationship side and, like, what sports, the doors it opens. Yeah. And if you're willing, some guys are just singular focus. All they care about is the sport. And not that this ever got in the way of me focusing on baseball, but man, he showed me the value of relationships. And I just got involved with so many great people out here. Mm-hmm. Phoenix children's hospital, boys and girls club. Um, you talk about like a dream becoming something or like becoming a dream that you're living. Like not only am I playing well in the big leagues? Um, yeah. We'll talk about it. Cause I'm, I'm making good money. I'm able to buy cool stuff, but like, dude, I'm going into Phoenix Children's Hospital and like kids are excited to see me. And I think what, I've said this a lot. Well, ultimately what I understood was like, this is crazy, but I had the power to affect someone's day by simply saying hi or signing an autograph or giving them more than just a hello or a high five, or even sometimes that's all it needed to be. But because of the status and who i had become in the Valley, I could walk into places and I, I, I had a status, I had a meaning, I had a purpose and not that baseball was that purpose, but I very quickly learned I could use it. Um, And it was really fun. Not, when I say have that power, not in a superhero where like I'm so cool, but like, yeah, man, I knew I could go places and be places, and it meant something if Archie Bradley was there. And it was cool to dive into that and feel like, I I did feel like, I felt like I was from here. I felt like I belonged here. I felt like I was one with everything that was going on in Arizona. I
0: mean, You're looking at someone born and raised here. So I've been through it. Um, and I think I can speak on the same note as a lot of fans here. I'm gonna just put that on my shoulders right now. You're now. But you're someone that is unforgettable. You know, and you look back at, you know, Cardinals eras, the Fitzgerald. I mean Goldie. Goldie didn't have the personality to be out there, but but he was like the hometown. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy. And then you come in, and it's like Boom! The personality, the swagger, and I know you're like you wanted to talk about how you could have unleashed that even more in a different <laughs> setting, but like that's what we needed. I will never forget that 2017 season, just watching that in front of my TV. I think I was pregnant, so I was like emotional. Yeah. So that um, two-run triple that you had, my and the
2: my brother still talks about that situation. Him, so my brother's the other, the third founder of State 48, yeah. and him and Mike were at that game together, and. Like, he talks about that situation because he was there and, like, mm-hmm. just the amount of emotion that was going on in that stadium when you hit that triple was, like... Oh, my God. Uh, well,
1: it might I
0: could feel it. For d yes.
1: fans, which From I hope TV. in the best way, I hope some of these maybe World Series memories, like, mm-hmm. have jumped in front of Archie oh Bradley triple. But that's um, what which, we go back to, yes, is what I'm saying. It's
0: that, that, that was the biggest
1: thing that happened with yes. the team that's before what the World Series. I'm sorry, Mike. um was I over my time since being gone and like reliving and thinking about it, I like have people talk and it's like until maybe this year, it was like Luis Gonzalez walk off. Yep archie bradley triple yeah and like that's just crazy um to think about and it's then so
0: valid it's so true
1: yeah man this i'm it's the passion and love i have like even here like you know bounced around a few teams but i'm i'm back in the valley living training um trying to find a job even just being out of here man could like the
0: job be back
1: here oh it could be for sure you never know you never know are we getting
0: some phone calls things things <laughs> things can
1: always work out um but yeah. yeah, I, I've always told my wife, like eat, when I'm done playing, um, if we haven't already, I want to consider getting back to Scottsdale Phoenix because I want to continue to work there. I want to continue to be there. Um, it's a very big melting pot of people out here, but I just feel so close and connected to the sports side of this state. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I, it's just a weird connection, but I just – I and I, I was getting into it, but, yeah, I went from being drafted at 18 to getting traded at 27, 28. I mean, almost 10 years. Like, as much as anything, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona helped make Archie Bradley. The people here, the fans, the hard times, the playoff runs, um, even getting traded, the ups and downs, my arbitration case, my charity events, like, everything I look at it. And, like, you could write – a whole story and do a million podcasts on my 10 years in the Valley. And I, I just, especially Arizona, I mean, I'm sure other cities and, you know, guys play for years, but I just hope every athlete looks at what I did here and not that there's anything special or, but I just hope guys embrace what this city is and like what it has to offer and how special it is to be a Diamondback and how cool. And it may not be LA, it may not be New York, but, um, you love yeah. the city, and they'll love you back.
0: Mm, I love that. I mean, those are turning points for people and their, like, core memories.
1: Yeah, right? and we're and still, like, look, whether I play for the Diamondbacks ever again or not, I think I'll always be associated with Diamondbacks. Maybe work for them outside of, or, like, you know,
0: past my baseball career.
1: <laughs> But we're still in the middle of building Diamondbacks fans again. Definitely. Like the Diamondbacks, I'm 31. I think they're 28 years old as a franchise. Like I'm even new to still it. today, even mm-hmm. if I'm playing for another team and I'm playing against them next year, I hope I see more and more, yeah. and I hope this continues and builds and grows because it's just such a cool place, mm-hmm. um, and it's you deserve that. Like nothing is better. Like. Being on the team in 15 and 16, losing close to 100 games each year, Mm. coming back the next year, being a wild card team. Could have won a lot of divisions. We won like 98 games, 99 games. But seeing that turnaround and feeling those fans come out and like – sweeping the Dodgers, like, before – before obviously, they swept us in the playoffs, but sweeping them at home, I remember right before the playoffs started, we swept them at home, and it was the first time that season where there was more home D-backs fans than there was Dodgers fans mm-hmm. at Chase Field. Mm-hmm. And it was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. The tide is turning. You can see the shift, like um, – it was cool. And so I'd like to think that a lot of us, you know, myself, Jake Lamb, Robbie Ray, Peralta, wow, Ahmed, Marte, Walker, <laughs> I can keep going, man. A lot of those, some of those guys are still there, but a lot of us take a lot of pride in, uh, I will take credit for it being a shift. Like, shift. I know the D backs had a rough couple of years after I got traded, mm-hmm. but we had set a foundation of like some swag and a standard that I felt yeah. like had kind of been missing for a while in Arizona. Mm
0: hmm. No, I take full responsibility now raising my children, like my boys, they're huge. Well, I took them to a game so they could feel it. And they were, like, every day they came home. Are the D-backs on? Are we gonna watch the game? Like, so into it to the point that they cried when yeah. they were eliminated, and I'm like, that is passion. That's, like, that is it. Keep I it. cried My husband was when bad OU <laughs> lost,
1: like, growing up. Like, that's that's yeah. the way it should be. Like, yes. I didn't cry. I'm a grown man now, not that I'm afraid to. But, yeah, like, I wanted the D-backs to win so, so freaking bad this year, man. One is just cool, but, yeah, Fetters, Lavello, Tony perez all those guys. I mean, uh, Gallon, Walker, um, Marte, I mean – even though you get traded, man, I, I I played the minors with a lot of these guys. Right. I mean, like I said, I went from 18 to 27, spent 9, 10 years, more time with my family and friends mm-hmm. than anyone. And so to see these guys get to play – in what you dream of. Like there's, everyone wants to get to the big leagues. Then after a couple of years, it's like, okay, I want to win a world series yeah. and to see some of my best friends and people I look up to and people who helped me be on that stage and have a chance, man. It was so cool. I wanted them to win so bad, hey, man. Let's see. I actually talked to fat the other down. day. I haven't talked to him in a minute. I called fat and congratulate him on the year. And, um, yeah, man, it's just cool. Like that's another thing you don't never bitter about anything here. i mean, getting traded was tough. Yeah. Um, Sorry if I'm, like, no. taking up a questions. Like, getting traded was um, – uh, but one thing I will say, the D-backs, I, like, as you get older as a man, I think as a human, the word respect grows a lot on you, and you understand it a lot more what it means to give respect, what it means to get respect. And um, in a world that has a lot of disrespect and grimy and sliminess in it, um, I thought the D-backs were extremely respectful to me. Um, they told me they were going to trade me. Um, I knew I was getting traded, but it didn't change. (laughs) I still, I think I didn't say a word for like three days Mm. because we talk about it. I mean, everything I had done, my house, I I lived, Scottsdale is my permanent residence. I went back home. I say I went back home. I went back to Tulsa for holidays. Um, everything I'd built, everything that happened, my charity event, my everything in literally a 30 second phone call. Hey, you're traded. You're going to Cincinnati. Like, boom, done. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy because I'm able to reflect on it now. I sold my house two days later. I had a guy come in, offer me all cash, way over what I was going to list it for. I couldn't turn it down. And, like, that's what I'm saying. In three days, I got traded, sold my house. Boom, I'm out of Arizona. Mm -hmm. Everything hmm like
0: like deeply rooted in them yeah
1: and it was in the middle of covid so
0: gosh yes, you know it was. the
1: covid year and then the next year we were still under precautions so like two years went by like that and i'm completely removed from the valley not like in everyone's but you know like physically and like sports have been on the down we've been going through covid the d-backs weren't very good like in real quickly not like in a poo-hoo i'm forgotten about i feel sad but like just reality like you wake up I'm with the Angels in 23 or 22 and it's like wow Arizona feels like a lifetime ago Mm -hmm. I don't even live there anymore I was Mm -hmm. just like literally about to throw my second charity event COVID hits and now I don't even live there like and that happened in three days it's just
0: that's wild and that's the reality for a lot of players right like the fact that you were here for a solid 10 years yeah, is really unheard
1: of. And it special. Is. And not that it, I knew that it was very unlikely that I would spend my entire career with the D backs, but you do have thoughts. Right. Um, and um, either way, the time I spent getting to play almost my full, like, you know, professional career through free agency in Arizona um, was really cool. And to be a part of literally being one of the worst teams in baseball mm. to, a competitor, like and I said it earlier, a team, like, I felt that once we got good. Like, we went into places, teams respected us. Yeah. Teams respected me. They respected the Diamondbacks and that's I felt like the standard we changed is like a lot of places man we felt disrespected like my first couple of years like we were scrubs like we were triple a AAA team in the big leagues and that really mm. pissed me off mm. that's like, like the biggest sour taste I got like when people ask like why did I hate the Dodgers so much or try to start fights like I just felt disrespected by those guys yeah like, I hate them those guys <laughs> didn't go through what I went through coming yeah. up like every rookie on that team like the rookies that were rookies when I was rookies they were rookies on hundred win teams on teams making the play Playoffs every year in fucking Hollywood with superstars at their games every night. Mm-hmm. Like, I grinded through 100 lost seasons with freaking 3,000 people in the stands on a Tuesday night against the Rockies. Wow. So, like, when it came to the point where there's 60,000 D backs fans and we're whooping the Dodgers' ass, like, yeah, I'm gonna be fired that up because so they good. don't understand what it was like to go through that. And then again, when I say that, it's not talking trash on the fans we do have, it's yeah. just the situation. When you go out and you're playing the Giants and you give up a homer and everyone's cheering because everyone grew up a Giants fan. It sucks. Mm -hmm. It's not like what you're supposed to have as a fan. And so, again, I'm getting passionate. But, like, those years and to see these fans come out and support, man, it was just so cool. And to think that I had a part in that. And, like, for these future kids, for the guys now, for Gowan and Walk, Marte, Gink, all these guys, like, man, I hope it continues because Mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone says, Chase Field is one of the toughest places to play when it's packed and the roof is closed, mm-hmm. it is one of the That's toughest fun. places to play in baseball.
2: Yeah.
1: Did you come back for any games? I didn't. I thought no. about it, but that would have been a little weird. I'm not going to no, lie. I would like, oh, fight arch in the, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, where's Waldo,
0: he can't, Just put the glasses yeah. on or the hoodie. He doesn't even go
1: <laughs> <don't know>. here. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Mean <laughs> just tuck Girls? Tuck I, yeah. I had to. I had to.
0: <laughs> no, you were just speaking to my soul. So don't feel bad at all for going off because I was there when they peed in our pool. I will never forget yeah. that. And you know, I have bad blood with them. I, yeah, and like even that. Like
1: that's the year I got drafted. But yep. you just as a player, I'm sure I've done stuff that people found disrespectful or pissed them off, but whatever. That was it doesn't disrespectful. really bother me. But like <laughs> yeah, like stuff like that, like I don't know, I again I I've all, never won a division title, but yeah. I doubt I'd go jump in another team's pool. Yeah. Um and then, yeah, man. I was so
0: glad they didn't, like, no one did that this year. Like, it was just, there were moments where I'm like, Ooh, and, you know, just thinking about the plotting of, like, Philly I do know. Was I just, itching to do that. I, I really
1: felt like I said it disrespected, but, like, the narrative I created that, like, I kind of built inside the clubhouse and I is like, yeah, people don't respect us. They don't think we're big leaguers. Like, they, the Diamondbacks come in and they look at, like, all right, we've got three days off here. We can kind mm. of relax. And, like, again, few customers, but fuck that. That pissed me off, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. feeling like we were, like, below. Like, you know, and, like, even as teammates and, like, players and coaches, it just felt like people, like, were looking down on us. Like, yeah, you guys are here, but you, you don't really belong with us. And, then, like, that really bothered me. Because yeah. I think being a big league, special and every team. And every player should feel like they're trying to win and, like, has a purpose to, like, play hard and, like – I just felt like teams were didn't didn't think that about the Diamondbacks. I I think every
2: I think every locker room needs a person like you specifically that is willing to let everybody know around them that like, hey, I don't know if you feel this, but this is what I'm feeling. And if anybody else feels anything like this, like we gotta, it's on us to make that change. And that's that's we're all professional athletes here.
1: That's why I love the D Backs still, like because I love Tori. Like that's Mm, who Tori is, and like Tori like. Like, I'll forever, like him and that guy, like, I, I love that guy. I'll root for him. I'll run through a wall for that guy. But um, he embodied that. He allowed me to be that. And he mm-hmm. encouraged that. Um, where, like, you look at, again, I talk about a, a section of my life that has allowed me and to become who I am and really excel. And I'll never forget that you're in 17, Tori, calling me in and, like, sit me down. I was like, hey, that's your locker room. Wow. I know Goldie's in there. I know Green Key's in there, but he's like, that's your locker room. And this is, I hadn't even proven anything yet. I just got moved to the bullpen. Like I hadn't, this was like June of that year. Like I hadn't done anything yet. Really. We had just started to kind of build. And he's like, you want to play music? You play music. You want to dress for a flight? You tell the team what to wear. Like this is, that clubhouse is yours. He's like, understand that you're going to be held accountable. And you know, if you mess up, I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to come down on you hard. But like, mm-hmm this is your team. Like that's your clubhouse. And I remember running with it, man. Like given, and like, I look at that. We're like, you know, some managers in that situation. And I'm very, um, not to bounce around. I'm very, uh, aware of who I am or my situation or let's say in the baseball world where a reliever ranks on the totem pole. I'm mm-hmm. not a starting pitcher. I'm not your four hole hitter. I'm not the closer at the time. Like I'm a middle of the road. Like I'm not disrespect. I'm nobody on the team. I pitch half an inning. I get three outs. Like, mm-hmm. But I was the leader of that team, like, from a swag standpoint, from an interaction standpoint, from a stepping up and saying stuff, like, hey, we played, like, shit today. That's not acceptable. Um, or getting guys on board with creating a standard of, like, um, I'm tired of being disrespected. I'm tired of being the, you know, last in the West. Like, yeah. um, but if it wasn't for Tori and even Mike, Mike Hazen too, all those guys, man, like, the freedom they gave us and gave me, um, it was cool.
0: Gosh, this is so good. I'm so glad that they kept around Hazen and Mike. Like during when you're, you know.
1: And I don't think people know too. Like Mike Hazen, man. Like with what he's gone through <sighs> the last sorry. couple of years with yeah. his wife. And yeah, I I I never forget. Um, I asked him how he's doing right before I got traded, and uh, his wife was about to go have major surgery mm-hmm. on her brain and. He briefly talked about how he's doing, and then it was right back on baseball. And he was on the committee for, like, the COVID committee, which was, like, nuts at the time. And he's doing that, worrying about saving the team, all this stuff. And his wife is doing – and just, like, I just – I have so much respect for that man. Yeah. And, uh, again, that's part of, like, you get older, like, outside of just the D-backs, like, personally, like, Tori, Mike. I wanted those guys to win and succeed. and yeah. um same thing, I think they've embodied what the Valley is and, and who they are. And granted, sports is a crazy road. They could be gone next year. You never know. Like, right,
0: but even during, like, the dips, right? Yeah. And just keeping um – the faith yeah. in them because they see what they're building yeah, and, and like ride through some of those 20, lows. 2021,
1: to, 22, yeah. tough, man. I mean, I felt bad for my buddies here. Yeah. And I was, as crazy as sounds, I, I honestly, I was really happy I did get traded. So mm-hmm. those have been some really tough years for me. Again. Um, yes. And I wouldn't have wavered on any of the way I felt. But, you know, you lose 100 games, man. And That's they were getting crazy. their ass whooped. Yeah. Like, there's we're not going to sugarcoat it. They stunk. Mm. Um so to see them ride with those guys, stick through that, and then make the run that they did, I just that's, that's what I love about sports. And that's what we were talking about with second chances and believing in people. And that's what I feel like is like Arizona's big, big like believe in people. Mm-hmm. Get behind, believe in someone's story, and hop on board. Yeah. It's coming.
2: Yeah. It's coming. It is. Like we're going to be a winning sports yes. state um, at some point in time. And I just it's like we're so close again to I so still, many areas. It's,
1: we can't we can't change it like unless we just no. want to invest money and build new shit. But like mm-hmm. the logistics is part of what the problem is in the valley. Yeah. Is Glendale Oh. And you know Westgate, I, Archie. I'm, well, a, I'm a Coyotes fan. Yeah, first. so I'm a yeah. Trust like, me,
2: I understand. <laughs> and even that situation,
1: dude, it's pissed me off to yeah. see it year after year not reach a resolution. Like, where are we at now? With are they going to Tempe or are they no. still
2: Scottsdale was the last yeah. I heard that there like, might be. Dude, a deal it, and
1: like even for those guys, like same thing. The, that's I think that's also what um built this passion and love. Is I looked at the Suns, the Sun sucked. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a great following or um, the Cardinals weren't very good. Granted, the NFL is different. They're always going to draw. But the codys I felt like the codys and I resonated a lot. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Like new team, um, not a, a, a big fan base, have to draft every year. Talking they don't sign free agents. Just the like, unknowns every yes, year Yes,
2: like, Talking yeah. about arenas and, and stadiums Gosh, full of other. Like yeah. hockey's not big here. Baseball's no. at least big here. Yes. Kids, play, kids play it. I grew up playing hockey in Arizona. There's not a lot of it, right? So, like, people don't know how to root for it when they are those fans. They don't know what they're cheering for or not. And then you get, I mean, Canadians come down here as snowbirds. Yes. And all of the Canadian hockey teams come, and that stadium has been full of Canadians cheering and knowing how to cheer and loving this sport more than anything. That it's like... It's awesome to see. Yeah. But it's also being on the fan side of it is just like so frustrating. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like no I've been kicked out of a playoff game <laughs> because I was standing in overtime. Lord and I was Jesus. kicked out by coyote fans. Yeah. No, you Not yeah, because they were annoyed that I was standing. And it's just like in any other stadium, in any other sport, yeah. everybody is standing. You know what I mean? So it was it's coming frustrating.
1: I feel... but it's coming. But that was a part of it. Like um, you know, myself um obviously he's in a different class of superstar, but like right at that time, like D Book was coming into his own. Yep. Um, Fitz was on his way out, but I'd connected with Fitz. Mm-hmm. We had just drafted Kyler. Um Um, I got really close with Shane Doan, Jacob Mm Chickren, um, Keller, um, you know, started to like become friends and like, we would go to waste management together. I would go to a basketball game, like started to build, I just felt this boiling pot, this community of like, Oh, we're getting sports together. We're all on the same page. We all are pissed about other teams and their (laughs) fans and we (laughs) all feel the same way. Like, you know, um,
0: that's a great group chat.
1: It would be. And, I mean, I've always <laughs> – I've always – a guy I've always respected, looked up to from a fan, idol standpoint, and then from out here is Fitz. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, obviously, I grew up a huge fan of college football, watching him at Pitt and yeah. the dreads, and yeah. he was on the cover of the video game and all that, and then um, getting to meet him out here. And then if there's ever a, a I made it moment, um, my first charity event, Archie Palooza. um Yes. I'm sitting there throwing axes, talking to Jody, and Larry Fitzgerald walks up. And it was just like, holy cow. Like, there's a difference in doing stuff together at functions. But, like, he went out of his way and obviously donated money and stuff. But Larry Fitzgerald showed up to come to my charity event. Like, not out of anything because he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just... I was like, damn, all right. You made it. Fitz is at my event, <laughs> like, you know, on you his own. Like, it. I made it. We're like still that waiting was... for
0: him to be up in this seat with you. Well, I'll
1: see, I've got some, I've got his number.
0: Me too, but he's um, all, you know, he's Fitz. We don't even know where he is right now. And
2: that's track fine, him. man. That guy gave us more than a lot of other people, okay, yes. for a long still, time. he still is. That's yeah. what,
1: what yeah. I was getting at is, like, he's, the work he does um, towards Arizona. And that's where, ultimately, I mean, using this as a door to open doors, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to be involved with Arizona. There's a spot for me here. My heart is so big for this place. Um, so I think regardless of how long I play or wherever I end up, there's going to be something – Involved here in the valley for Archie. Yeah. Well, you're
0: always welcome here at State 48. (laughs) You embody everything that we. Doors are open
2: for you. You, It's true. Everything you you just talked about. Like when we started this, it was like only Arizona stuff you could get was sports teams. Right. And if you didn't want to wear sports teams, you wore Walmart, Circle K or whatever type of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just like, so that's kind of where we started having big passion for sports as well. So it was just going to kind of all tie in. And like I said, everything you're talking about is what we grew up watching out here, too. So, yeah,
0: you are home. Do
1: you have any more questions?
0: Gosh. We could go on and on. I don't even know what the time is. The timer stopped.
2: Yeah, that's right. We've been talking for an hour and eleven minutes. So you're good. It's this awesome. is so good.
0: Yeah. But just know that we love you here. Yeah. Well, Thank and you. Hey, maybe you'll get a phone call.
1: Never know. Maybe. The kids working. I'm, I'm out here grinding. We're we're trying to get a job. <laughs> trying to throw hard again. Yeah. Um. But even that, I think that's what's um cool. Like I'm still definitely in the play first mode, but um. This last year was actually one of the funnest years I've had being in AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about uh, guys not having egos yeah. and expectations, and no media in the clubhouse, and just like I felt like I was in high school again. I drank more beer than I have in a long time. Everyone drinks beer in the minors is great. Um, <laughs> it was just it was just back to lot, the
0: Sandlot days, and, and it just
1: it showed me like um, I used to think about my career. Like let's just say. This time last year, if you told me i never pitched in the big leagues again, I'd be like, man, crap, I didn't even play 10 years. Like, what? Like, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And this last year, it was more of this just like, holy shit, I played eight years in the big leagues. I hit a triple in a wild card game. I had my own. Yeah, where it also, too, is like I've – again, I think Alex – for showing me this, but like, I've done an unbelievable job of recognizing some of the opportunities that have been presented to me. And like, now when you start thinking about your afterlife or your second half, you know, People always say baseball is going to end one day, and they're right. It's going to. Um, I feel so thankful for this place because I feel like I have a lot of opportunity here, Mm -hmm. Um, not only from a business standpoint, but to continue to do positive things and help athletes and help the youth. And I think that's what I'll take away the most about what Arizona. Arizona gave me a platform Mm -hmm. that um, I've been able to stand on since I got here, and it's allowed me to have an impact and just do things that literally you can only dream of.
0: Truly. Well, we can't wait to see what's next, whether (laughs) you're an astronaut or a TikTok star. I'm sure I'll be back
1: in this chair again. Yeah, well,
0: you're always welcome. You know that. thank you. All right. Well, hope you all enjoyed this amazing episode (laughs) and we'll see you next week.